0: New year, new you. And if the new you is dedicated and committed to trying a bunch of fun new craft beers, Johnny Summers, would you tell these people where to go?
1: For sure. They should go to the handlebar right here in Chico. They've got a ridiculously radical happy hour, seven days a week, 2 to 6 p.m. You're going to get $1 off all of their many, many draft beer selection, as well as half-off bottles of wine. They're ever delicious. Food menu, access to a lovely patio if
0: it's not raining, which we can hope for. Even if it is. Even if it is get out, nice there. out there. Drink yeah. a drink an Imperial stout in the rain and the wind. Live a little. Be a man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go check out the handlebar. They're at 2070 East 20th Street, right here in Chico. Tell them Max and Johnny sent you.
0: Why don't we begin? Report to that.
1: This is Fresh Hop Cinema.
0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you find yourself and whenever you find yourself listening to this podcast, which is Fresh Hop Cinema. My name is Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. This week on the show, our review of After Sun, the feature debut of Charlotte Wells. It's a film that recounts the story of a young girl on vacation with her father in Turkey at a particularly, we'll say, delicate point in their lives. The film stars Frankie Corio and Paul Mezcal. But before we get to any of that... Johnny, what are we drinking this week?
1: We have two beers from way across a big pond. We are drinking beers from Loch Gill Brewing out of Sligo, Nicely done. Ireland. That's right. The first one is called La Luna. It's an Irish whiskey barrel-aged hazelnut and chocolate stout at 13%. A little light beer to start Jeez, the day. Man. <laughs> and the second beer is called Cask. It is a barrel-aged imperial Irish coffee stout. Did you already drink it or what? No, man. It. My mouth is dry. Leave me alone. <laughs> if
0: you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Thursday evening. You're staying dry here in Chico. As a quick heads up, you're only going to be hearing the first 30 minutes of our show today, which includes our first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of After Sun. That said, if you are so inclined to listen to the show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for After Sun and our thoughts on the other beer from Loch Gill Brewing, Johnny will tell you what to do.
1: That's right. Go search for Fresh Hop Cinema Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, etc. We release new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m. and have been doing so since 2016. If you like the show, go leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and let us know you did. Brag about the cool thing you did to your friends. You will be 75% cooler if not you do to hang out with us on social media search fresh hop cinema on twitter instagram letterboxd or untapped or just head over to our website freshhopcinema.com or follow us individually on letterboxd i've been updating mine
0: pretty frequently nice man i haven't but i usually will around this time of year to catch up a couple weeks ago we announced on our instagram that we were doing a new year's slash holiday giveaway box of um, a gift certificate to our local theater a special beverage from our podcast seller as well as some podcast merch. Today is the day we are announcing that Johnny, I'm going to spin this towards you so at least you can see that we are actually doing this randomly. Oh yeah. We've input all of the names of people that followed our rules on our post and we've put them in a a, a digital sort of names in a hat situation that is manifesting as um, a spinning of the wheel. Mm-hmm. Now what might happen is this might make a sound effect on its own, but if it doesn't, I will input a sound effect. And Johnny, do you want to do you want to metaphorically draw the name out of the hat by clicking the I'll do the here? first one. Here we go. Okay. Oh, it plays music. Yeah. I'll make sure to cut the noise. Who's gate. the first winner? First winner. And we're going... Austin C. Austin Smith. Austin C. Smith. That's a wonderful. Austin is a friend of ours on Patreon, but a longtime listener of the show. Um, Johnny and I were both talking um, before we started recording today that we thought it'd be fun for somebody uh, who's a longtime listener to win this, but we also said it'd be fun for a new person. So I guess we just wanted someone to win. Yeah. And somebody has. So we are giving away two of these boxes. I'm going to remove Austin from the poll there. Uh, mm-hmm. from, from the hat, if you will. Um, Austin, if you're hearing this before we get a hold of you, which seems unlikely, please reach out. And that will go for the next person in our hat here. And if you don't mind, Johnny, I will um, hope if I click this again, it'll work.
1: Second That's winner of the
0: big prize. Okay, this is an Instagram person that I don't know based on their name. So this is at ash.ramirez99, Dear dearashramirez ninety nine. Uh, if you hear this before we get a chance to get a hold of you, reach out via Instagram. That would be a great way to do it. Or you can find out um, how to get all of us based on what Johnny said right before we did this. Either way, get in touch. We will hook you up with your uh, package of goodies. And thank you for uh, playing, entering. Thanks for entering. Thanks yeah. for following. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for loving us. Perfect. Okay, let's see. I think that is all of our uh, holiday giveaway stuff. Let's yeah. talk about Patreon. Now. Congratulations. Yeah, Congrats. Well done. Um, Patreon, if you guys don't know, we just hinted at it, is um, something we've been doing since about the inception of this podcast. It's a way for fans of the show to support the show with your hard-earned money. You can give us a dollar a week or up to 10 bucks a week, and in return, we give you access to some behind-the-scenes stuff, some bonus episodes, some invites to exclusive events. We'll buy you some beers at those events, depending on your level of giving. So if you are interested in that sort of thing, check out patreon.com. It's super easy to sign up for. It takes a couple minutes, and it really, really helps us keep the show going. Just go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema for more information. With our housekeeping now officially out of the way, Johnny Summers, let's talk... Let's talk Ireland. Let's talk beer. Let's talk these massive beers that you've chosen for the show. Tell me about the brewery.
1: Let's do it. Uh, This is their first time on the show. So welcome, Loch Gill Brewing.
0: Also, real quick, because we did some research. We did a whole pronunciation search. But if you guys happen to listen and we're saying that wrong and give us a little bit of a break, you know, I'm sure we're not enunciating quite right. But, but if we're saying it completely wrong, tell us. Reach out to us, please. Honestly. Okay. Should have brought my wife in for this one.
1: Yeah. I feel like deep down inside her, she knows how to
0: pronounce yeah. these. Or at least we could have reached out to friend of the show, Lori, who is was uh, geographically closer to Ireland than, mm-hmm. than we have been for most of our lives. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. All right.
1: Founded in 2016, Lockgill Brewery restored the lost tradition of brewing in Sligo Town. In Sligo. Comma, ta- Maybe. <laughs> Sligo Town that once hosted five breweries. We are an independent family-run craft brewery situated in Sligo, close to the shores of Loch Gill on Ireland's wild Atlantic Way. We're a passionate team who takes pride in each beer we brew. Our beer philosophy is to brew the best handcrafted beers using the best ingredients and where possible to add some local indigenous ingredients to the brews. We've done many collaborations with breweries in here in Ireland, the UK, and the USA, and have enjoyed working with our peers on some fantastic beers.
0: Okay, so we aren't drinking anything small today. We have two giant beers. The first one is 13%, Johnny. Like you said, it's called Luluna. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an Irish whiskey barrel-aged hazelnut and chocolate stout Would you read me the description of the beer?
1: Yeah. Aged in Irish whiskey barrels, this Imperial Oatmeal Stout reveals notes of whiskey with a great first kick followed by chocolate flavors from the cacao nibs and a long hazelnut finish or a long finish on hazelnut. Craft brewed and aged in our independent brewery in Sligo, Irish whiskey barrels from the Boan Distillery in Droghed? Sure. Droghed, yeah.
0: Droghed? D-R-O-G-H-E. This is in our glasses. I've smelled it. You've smelled it. I don't think either of us have tasted it, but can we just go off smell for a second? Mm-hmm. Um, not a not a subtle beer, right? No. Which I think is what you'd expect. You don't necessarily think of um, you know uh, a barrel aged stout to be subtle. So I'm I'm enjoying what I'm smelling. It smells sweet. It smells a little boozy. Obviously, um, it looks incredibly boozy. Very thick. Very viscous. Um, Viscous man, that's basically fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it looks really great. There's not a ton of head that's stuck around. There's some little bubbles around the edges, but pretty jet black. What does it taste like to you?
1: Man, yeah. On the nose, immediately, it's it's chocolate, it's hazelnut, very boozy Nutella vibes, which I'm loving. On taste, man, you get that the whiskey right up front. It kicks you. It's like hello, and Irish whiskey, very distinct
0: flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely reminds me of of like a Bushmills. Yeah, which course. I love. Sure, Yeah. People uh, like Bushmills or Jameson. It's better than Jameson. I don't like Irish whiskey in general. That's fine. So I might lose a fan. Here, if you had
1: to pick one, yeah, sure. Bushmills or Jameson.
0: Um, I you know I haven't had Bushmills enough to really call it to mind. Um, also if you're, if you're I'm just, sorry, Tullamore Dew is the one I was thinking of. Oh, but if, is Bushmills not Irish whiskey as well? I want to say Bushmills is like American you, Scotch. You check that. Out. I will. It's not. Scotch, but I was thinking though. of Tullamore Dew. I don't think there's anything such as American Scotch. True. I think that's but. Um, For those that aren't familiar, if you just casually drink whiskey and can't call to mind a bunch of different off the Mm -hmm. top of your head, um, Irish whiskey tends to be very sweet, um, very – I would say even caramelly. Um, Jameson can. Sure. I know Irish whiskey in general as opposed to like a bourbon or an American whiskey or even a Canadian or or something from Scotland. There's a particular flavor there that for whatever reason my palate does not like. It gives me the the, – every time Mm -hmm. I drink it or even taste it. Um, and that is certainly in this beer. So I think if nothing else, they have, they have accurately and, and, and successfully recreated or, or transferred the taste from those barrels into this beer for better or for worse. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I want to say they shouted out. Yeah. Bowen. Yeah. The distillery. Yeah.
0: You said, by the way, you Googled it Bushmills. Yeah. Also Irish, Irish whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Red Breast um, is another pretty popular yep. Irish whiskey, at least. Red Breast, 12 are. year. Very yeah. Very good. You, yeah. If you like Irish whiskey. Like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, a very specific flavor, but it's a flavor that I enjoy. Um, this is powerful on the nose. I think the flavors are a little bit more subtle than they are on the nose, which is good because yes. if they were as powerful, this would be just a sugar bomb. I'm getting a nicely balanced barrel aged stout, and enough of the the barrel aged stout notes are coming through with those adjuncts. Where like I'm getting some like pruny, like I love that flavor of just a pure barrel aged stout, mm-hmm. and the flavors are of the. Uh, the hazelnut and the, the cacao nibs are just kind of accentuating that. Yes. It's thin. It's not as thick as I expected for a 13% barrel-aged stout. Okay. Which I don't. Okay, that's fair. I don't hate it. I was just expecting. You see this as Americans. We see this on – if this was an American stout, this yes. would be like – excuse me, like pouring molasses.
0: Yeah, yes. I, I feel like the the key thing to what you just said was that um, you you said it's not as thick for as you were expecting for a 13% stout. Which, if you had not said for a 13% stout, I'd be like, no, this is very thick. Yeah. Because it is. But yeah, you're right. There's certainly in America many, um, yeah, many thicker, more turned up to 11 sort of stouts. We've
1: gone, we've taken that and pushed it to 11. But yeah. But I think in its lack of that aggressively thick body, Mm -hmm. uh, you get quite a bit more drinkability with this one. What do you mean by drinkability? It's just easy on the palate the that thickness doesn't linger it doesn't coat your mouth in an unpleasant way like those big thick beers can sometimes this drinks like it has the barrel flavors but Mm. slightly less of that barrel aged viscosity that we're used to okay and i find that pleasant it's kind of refreshing to have that in a barrel aged style and i will shout out i'm a huge fan of 12 ounce stout cans Dude,
0: yeah. It's Such a great package. We haven't said that yet. Let's briefly, because I want to touch on what you just said, but I also think now is the best transition into talking about this can. It remind, reminds me a lot of a label from um, Equilibrium Brewing. Mm-hmm. I think it was Equilibrium. In fact, I'm sure of it. There was a beer that we did maybe a couple years ago, and it had a similar – it had something to do with Einstein. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was called Something Theory, and I think it was a double IPA, but it had – and that's not what this is. This is looks more of like a – Almost like a traditional piece of neckwear, jewelry on the front of this can. But there's something about the can. It's all jet black, including beyond the label. The can itself is black. It's a very, very eye grabbing. When you pulled it out of the the cooler, I was like, "Of course you picked this can. This is a very Johnny can." Mm-hmm. Um, any luck on the on the equilibrium beer that I'm talking about? Uh, fractal. Uh, that was one that we did. Is that the only one that's coming up? Uh, I'm looking real quick. Okay. Um, no, I love the can. It's, the can it great. spoke to me immediately. This sort of shiny metallic copper color going is a great counterpoint to the black. And it, it's also essentially the two colors in a barrel-aged stout. Like if you think of the black as the stout and this copper golden thing as as like the head that remains after you've poured it. Really, really great minimalist can design. I think this is terrific.
1: You weren't wrong. It was called MC Squared. MC
0: Squared, sure, right. Yeah. Um, and it has sort of a similar thing on the can maybe. Mm-hmm. Cool. I will show you. Yeah, please. That would be great. Uh, yeah, so like almost, actually that reminds me of the alien language in Arrival that mm. you Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so I wanted to talk about the can. We've done it. Great choice. Very appealing. I see why you grabbed it. Um, to your point about subtlety and almost the the non-American sensibilities here, mm-hmm. some of my favorite things we've discussed on the podcast this year have not come from America. We talked about RRR, the film from, from India recently. Mm-hmm. And there's just something so refreshing, no pun intended because it's about the beer as well, about subtlety and about... Uh, just like, maybe we don't always have to put donuts and pizza and sugar and And money. Yeah. Like, and money. Sure. (laughs) Like I really appreciate when any creative force, be it a brewery, a movie maker, a songwriter, a painter, whatever it is, uses restraint to signify a certain, in this, in this case, flavor to really emphasize certain things. I'm with you. I think it's really well balanced. The scents are there on the nose, but they are much more subdued on the taste It's easier to drink. It feels a lot smoother than perhaps an American version of this beer might taste. And despite the fact that it's made with a very present Irish whiskey flavor, I still really enjoy it, which I think says a lot about the beer.
1: Right. Yeah, super solid. Uh, Like to your point, negative space in art is very important Uh, and negative space in beer apparently where you just kind of use some restraint and leave a little bit out. Yeah. Just
0: hold something back. So all that said, uh, the things that I appreciate are there. I'm going to get into some stuff that I don't like as much. I don't think this is a perfect beer, maybe just for me, but possibly objectively. And are you picking up? And I think that'll be the difference. Are you picking up stuff that you think is not working in this beer? Not much. So you're, you're almost tens across the board so far. It's pretty close. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think I'm missing something and I'll just start with the body. I think there's something that's not quite connecting and I'm going to, I might take one more sip, but it has something to do with the viscosity and the carbonation uh, as, as a tandem. There, there's some, some imbalance there. And the other thing that's jumping out without getting into flavors is just the heat itself. Mm, it is hot. And, and I get that that's par for the course for a, a whiskey beer, essentially. So I'm not going to hold it against it stylistically, but I might hold it against it personally. That's fair. Um, what about you? You took another drink.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm liking that heat. I'm in really enjoying that whiskey flavor. I mean, it's sometimes I've had barrel-aged stouts that just high, like have so much sweetness in them that there's no barrel and that's like one of my big complaints about pastry stouts that are barrel aged or a lot of barrel aged stouts that are heavy on adjuncts you lose a lot of the the point of barrel aging which to me is is getting some of that boozy flavor and i like that that's like up front with this beer like it kind of knows exactly what it is and it's like leading with the whiskey and the other flavors kind of
0: come in behind it yeah i agree i'm i'm gonna decide now it's it's really not a problem i have with this objectively it's all personal preference i think this is an incredibly well-made beer um but the more i drink it the more that irish whiskey is coming out which i think is awesome that's great if that's what you're looking for but it's a very prominent sweet barley forward flavor that is not for me Mm -hmm. um so i don't like it much i think it's really good uh let me pick a different (laughs) word i think it's really well made yeah Yeah, really well done
1: Mm -hmm.
0: let's give it an out of 10 johnny summers if you're ready
1: i'm pretty sure i like it significantly more than you Mm -hmm. This feels like a, um, like a eight seven eight One nine. Seven. No, I'm gonna go eight nine. Why not nine? Uh it's just not quite there.
0: You're missing an X factor. Yeah.
1: Okay. It, it is. It's got. I love the flavor. I love mm-hmm. the can size. I'm gonna buy more of it. I'm gonna enjoy it. For me, it is almost too thin. Okay. A like, uh, part of why I like it and why I don't like it is that body mouth fuel yeah. texture. Um, I for something this high in abv i do want it to be a little bit more thick Mm -hmm. and that is kind of coming down to personal preference Mm -hmm. but also i don't want it twice as thick so i don't know it's just it's not quite hitting that perfect note for me but still i mean eight nine is a fantastic score and i think this is a fantastic beer sure
0: uh speaking of you wanting to go buy more where did you pick this up
1: uh both beers Today we're from SNS Produce.
0: Nice. Okay. Shout out to Andy. We can't say specifically prices while we're on the radio waves of KZS, KZFR. Excuse me. But if you want to stick around after our break here and go to the podcast version, we will tell you. But for let's use a loophole here, Johnny. Was it pretty affordable for twelve ounce or a little more expensive, or a little cheaper? I think I would say it's more affordable than you would expect. Awesome. Okay. For me, this beer is a five. I really just don't enjoy the flavors. Again, there's nothing wrong with it necessarily. I do think you're right about it potentially being able to be thicker. Maybe objectively, but even as it is, I think pretty well made. I just—it's not for me, flavor-wise. So I've got no real complaints other than like, not not my not my cup of just, beer. It's not made for you. Do you have anything else on Luluna from Lockkill? I personally think you should try it. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Think we got this beer wrong? Think we got it right? You have a beer or brewery you think we should review. Please don't hesitate. Message us us on Instagram. We are at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. Or if you want, you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com because, of course, we are always open to suggestions.
1: And if you get a chance to try any beers from Loch Gill out of Ireland, let us know what you think. They're available right here in town. You have no excuses. And, hey, if you like the show, go take 30 seconds. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts
0: yeah it's really really quick to do and it's one of the most efficient ways to help us get our little show here in front of new potential listeners
1: uh what you're about to hear is a trailer for this week's movie after sun if you haven't seen it yet fear not there are no spoilers in our next segment so don't go anywhere
0: i love you love you
1: Dad, he's good. Oh my god, he's doing some real slow motion ninja moves. I think you'll ever move back to Scotland? No. Why? There's this feeling, once you leave where you're from, that you don't totally belong there again. Never quite is it you know, I want you to know that you can talk to me about anything, whatever parties you go to. Boys you meet, drugs you take. Dad! Even as that. These are my moves. That's so embarrassing. That's not embarrassing. You okay through there? I don't know. I guess. I just feel a bit down or something. What do you mean? Don't you ever feel like tired and down and feels like your bones don't work? Like you're sinking? You never know where you'll end up though. You can live wherever you want to live. Be whoever you want to be.
0: You have time.
1: if you're just joining us you're listening to fresh hop cinema a show about the worlds of craft beer and film if you're listening on the radio waves of kzfr 90.1 fm you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today but if you like to hear the whole thing go subscribe to fresh hop cinema on apple podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found we're on all of them it will be available to stream tomorrow morning at 7 a.m so at the end of this if you just can't get enough of our sweet sultry voices go have a listen
0: in After Sun, the feature film from writer director Charlotte Wells, 30 something, I think, Sophie reflects on the shared joy and private melancholy of a holiday she took with her father, played by Paul Mescal, 20 years earlier. Memories real and imagined fill the gaps between mini DVD footage as she tries to reconcile the father she knew with the man she didn't. The Sophia of the vacation period is maybe 11-ish years old and played by Frankie Corio. After Sun first reached audiences at the Cannes Film Festival back in May of 2022 before a limited run in select theaters in late October. It was distributed here in the States by A24 and has been well-received, making countless top ten lists of the year and holding a 96% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a slow film. Thoughtful meditation on the way we see our parents when we're children versus when we're adults. It certainly isn't a film for everyone. And coming off our discussion of the new Avatar, couldn't be more on the opposite end of the cinematic spectrum. So, Johnny, what did you think of After Sun?
1: Thank God for the pendulum swinging. But didn't we review uh, The Whale since Avatar?
0: Oh, yeah, we did. So, and Babylon. Yeah. Yeah, I just well, I'll talk about this and not bother. Yeah. But I just rehashed Avatar with somebody, gotcha uh, so it's fresh in my brain. But you're yeah. Right. yeah, we did have a week in between.
1: Yeah, thank goodness. We can't have all action blockbusters. Right, we gotta have some substance here. Sure. We're men of substance of of at this podcast. Yes. So man, yeah, After Sun, I really enjoyed watching it with you that on was my fun. couch yeah, that was on nice. a day off. That was pleasant. uh This movie indeed is not for everyone. It is a tediously slow burn. Uh, for me, this movie felt like it was entirely about feelings and emotions and perspective and moments, and it felt very specific to the the situation that these two main characters were in, and for me, it was not very identifiable, not very accessible. Uh, it came across as, as kind of... Oof sluggishly boring okay. uh, it was at times frustratingly boring i was i found myself just wishing for anything to happen uh it was a very pensive piece of art it it took time to get from a to b and it, can, it took some time to digest it but i mean mm-hmm. i understand what it was about i understand it was you know the relationship and and the perspectives of of how we view our parents but it felt so specific uh, of a situational film that I, I felt kind of alienated by it. And it, it didn't really travel far enough in the way of like a plot or telling a story with a beginning, middle end, or a conclusion of some sort. Uh, the, you know, it was left pretty ambiguous. The ending was very nebulous and it was always kind of, you know, it was left up very open to interpretation movie. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy it. It was definitely, I don't think, a movie for me. Uh, I understand that it had it had some beautiful cinematography. There yeah. were some great shots in this movie. There were some really, really nice scenes. Yeah. Um, but overall, I would say did not
0: enjoy. Out of 10? 3.5. And of that 3.5 out of 10, how much of that score is weighted by your pure enjoyment of the film versus maybe it's cinematic merits? Mm, probably five
1: points. Okay. it's a five-point sway. Fair enough. Like, yeah. Like, I, I appreciate the cinematic achievement. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie had a lot to say, but didn't
0: say a lot. It's nicely put. Cinematography here was Gregory Oakey, or O-K, perhaps. It's O-K-E, and it was edited by Blair McClendon. I think those two aspects of this film are, are the most decisive of the way the story is told. It is a really slow movie. There's a lot of long shots at points where not just the camera, but even the characters aren't moving. There's, the whole movie starts with um, essentially Sophie in bed sleeping. This is in this flashback of this vacation. Uh, and the dad here is outside trying to light a cigarette and kind of doing some some like Tai Chi moves Trying to, once he gets it lit. Um, and that scene's got to take – I mean they linger for probably 90 seconds. And almost nothing happens. But there's a lot of that throughout this movie. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you. Like there are some gorgeous shots. For me, this is a movie that um, – I think requires some digestion like you were suggesting because it's not something that you totally understand what's happening. It's not a horribly plot driven film. Um, I think the key to unlocking it is, is this fl- It's not a flash forward, but it's there's this rave scene kind of that we get where you see presumably Sophie as an adult kind of in strobe light reaching out to, to her dad basically. And, and I, it's one definitely to marinate on. We'll talk about, kind of what that is about in the danger zone when we get into spoilers but i'm with you it wasn't super it wasn't enjoyable it wasn't an adrenaline filled movie it wasn't very entertaining maybe not enjoyable it wasn't entertaining um but there's so much here about yeah the dynamics of it's worth noting for people who don't know you and i don't have kids um much less the specific relationship between fathers and daughters um, much
1: less being a single father on vacation with a daughter
0: that's another thing that i didn't set up right they're not like on vacation from their normal lives it's pretty clear that she lives with her mom most of the time This is like his time with her. Yeah, and she's 11. He's probably like 30, 30, 31 maybe. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is like he's had this child very young. He clearly doesn't have it all together. Um, And I find that so fascinating when I think about like if I had an 11-year-old kid now, I don't have it together now, much Mm -hmm. less when I was 21. And the perspective of this movie is Sophie's for the most part. It's future Sophie looking back on child Sophie, but even in the story that we are being told through flashback, it's child Sophie. And I love the idea of like- her having to reconcile with how she viewed that man as a child versus how she might understand him better as an adult. But f- for me, the, well, not the way the movie ends, but I don't think they're in touch really much, very much when she's an adult either. And I, I, it's a very painful idea, but I like it from a storytelling perspective that, you know, if she could just go back to that time, knowing what she knows now, like she would understand this clearly troubled guy a lot better. Um, and I think that's kind of what the movie boils down to. And, you know, I, yeah, I didn't enjoy the movie, but I appreciated it. I, I certainly I think I'll give it a higher rating than you, but not one that I'm going to probably go back and revisit anytime soon. That's fair. Um, Out of ten? Seven. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a really well done movie. I think both of our ratings are fairly valid. Yes. Um, I, I appreciate that you come at it sometimes from more of an enjoyment perspective, which is, I think, part of the big reason that you rated Avatar higher than me. Mm-hmm. Very enjoyable, but I don't put nearly as much uh, stock in that barometer of – measurement
1: i watch movies to be happy and enjoy them or be you know. Well, i don't to, know because you in, love the whale yeah i watch movies to be entertained and enjoy them okay yeah. sure yeah and this just didn't do enough it didn't have enough going and yeah. i mean art that speaks to the subjectivity of art that it's not for everyone mm-hmm. and a lot of people have mm-hmm. this
0: like you said on their top 10 list so yes sometimes i think about the merits of film from the perspective of if humanity, if, if we as a species disappeared off the face of the earth and all we had left to show for it was art, was was paintings and music and movies, what movies would matter? And I think this is a movie that says a lot about the human experience and, and what it means to be a father and to be a daughter and the responsibilities that go along with that and the sacrifices you make in your social life and you know what, what the interplay of those costs are in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, And I think
1: this is an important movie. I mean, and we've had some really high caliber pieces of art like Moonlight like Come On Come On Mm -hmm. that Come On Come On wasn't a parental relationship but still the Mm. relationships with children you know and as they relate to adults and I think a lot of those movies inherently carry a specificity to their their plots and Mm -hmm. and their subject matter where if i Never knew a life where my parents weren't together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of perspective that I think is going to be different for everyone consuming this movie. But definitely what I would call like an art movie.
0: Yeah, me too. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. After Sun is available for purchase on Amazon and other online services. If you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. To our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM.
1: As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for After Sun, a review of A Second Beer, and Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your favorite podcast app, be right back. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. zone. Danger Zone. Danger zone, danger, zone, danger, zone. Danger, zone ah. danger
0: zone. Welcome to The Danger Zone. It's the portion of the podcast where we spoil our movie of the week. That, of course, is After Sun. If you haven't seen it yet, as a reminder, it's available for purchase at this point uh, on uh, Amazon, YouTube, Google Movies, probably. And other places. Yeah. Only- only and Voodoo and, sure. and witchcraft. Can't rent it yet. No. I think it's too soon if you're hearing this when this episode drops. Mm-hmm. But uh, at some point it will be.
1: Yeah. So like we said before, this was really not a super plot-driven movie. So mm-hmm. I'm going to defer to you in the danger sure. zone as more of a uh, an art movie buff, definitely out of the two of us. I think you take that title. Sure. Uh, what would you like to talk about that- is important to this movie be it scenes, performances, cinematography, plot points of which there were like 3.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think plot points are probably the lowest on this list. Yeah. Um I'd like to talk about the dynamic of these two characters, specifically the actors, I guess. I guess the actors more than the characters, but did, did these they don't have a lot of lines. So in in the traditional sense of sort of connecting with a character, there's no exposition here. There's no easy ways to get into this. Um or get invested rather. Yeah. But did, did the characters work for you? The performances by these actors work for you? I think they
1: did. They both were like not overacting. I think both mm-hmm. their, their performances were it's subtle v- and very believable. naturalistic. Yeah, yeah. Very believable. Uh, I like you could have told me that they were actually related and I would have believed
0: you. Yeah. There's, there's something here. And I think this is the brilliance of the way or, or the, or the age that they put Sophie at. We, and we talked about this after the movie ended, there's there's some point that happens between parents. For, for me, I have this with my mother because i I am a boy. She is not. I assume the same is true of of fathers and daughters. Like there's a point where I was no longer okay being like like naked in the shower when my parents were there. like I don't yeah. know when that was, but there's stages that happen in growing up. and one of those stages is in this movie. It's like they're, they're they don't want to share a bed. like that's the thing he he's not in her life all that often. so sharing a bed is weird. and he has a phone conversation with the hotel concierge. like I specifically requested two beds. Um, And there's that throughout, but there's also these tender moments where like he's putting sun lotion, what do you call it? Sun block sunscreen on her back. And, um, at one point she's like, no, I'll, I'll do it myself. And there's this weird, not weird. It's just this transitional period in parenting. And I love that they cast somebody and they wrote this character to be that age. Cause I think it says so much about, um, that time in life when she's kind of becoming an individual person rather than just sort of a you know those pictures in biology books where there's, like, a little thing under the shark mm-hmm. and it's, like, suctioned on? Yeah. That's a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. I remember that from the textbook. But it's not just that. Right? She's going on and own, and um, the exploration of that, I think, makes for some fascinating commentary that is explored throughout this whole movie.
1: Yeah. I love that. Like, at one point, she shows an interest in a boy. Totally. So it's like you don't want to be sleeping in the same bed as your dad and having him put on your suntan lotion right. if you, like, are starting to look Develop- at boys that way. Totally.
0: Yeah there's a conversation that happens after she has that interest in the boy where they kiss. Mm. Um, and his reaction, I think on paper is sweet, but I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, cause, cause she's like, well, I kissed this boy and he says like, there's nothing wrong with the kiss on the cheek. And she was like, she says something like it was a little more than that. Cause I think they kissed on, on the lips or something. Mm-hmm. And I just, he doesn't have that sense of parental protection. And I think that's kind of at the heart of this too. He's not cut out for this, really. He's trying his best, but he's, like, lugging around a bookshelf full of books about, like, meditation and Tai Chi. And, yeah. Like, I don't get the impression that he's, like, a master of these books. Right. Like, I think he's reading those to to try and get a handle on the incredible responsibility he's had for the last 10 years yeah. on and off. And, like, he has to be a dad every two weeks out of the year to try to pull this off. And he's yeah. just not – it's probably not his fault, He's just not equipped for it.
1: Yeah. No, the the books came across way more like self-help books than totally. like enrichment, like he's yes. perfecting Tai Chi. Yeah. No, it's like, always oh, he's finding himself. And I think, you know, that's yeah. probably a big part of what his character was about.
0: Yes. Um, the, the fascinating part about looking at the dad character from the perspective of Sophie as a, an 11-year-old and Sophie as an adult in these flashbacks, we do get one non-ravey flashback, Where her partner, they wake up in bed and she's like, happy birthday. And that's when you realize, okay, that's who's in the club and that's who's looking back. But the fascinating thing is, like, the the grown-up's brain, the grown-up's brain's ability to look back on her father as a child and and understand that person more. Like, even as a kid, you can tell she's – she kind of knows he's not all put together. I think, like, there's one scene where he, you know, wanders back naked or mm-hmm. drunk into his bed, and she has to like put him to sleep. But there's also like this childlike innocence about their relationship. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot, a lot of loss of innocence throughout this movie.
1: Yeah. And they kind of convey that he's a bit of a mess because yeah. he shows up to this vacation with a cast on his hand. It's yes. never addressed. Never. You're like, oh, he just, you know. and it's alluded to because she asks him what happens, and he says, I
0: honestly don't know.
1: Like, I don't, you, obviously, right. you blacked right. out and totally
0: broke your hand. Yes. There's another conversation where – she I can't remember what the specifics was, but she asks him, like, hey, are you still going to do this business thing you were talking about? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. ooh, but I have this new thing that I'm doing with this random – like Kevin or something. And, and that's looking really promising. And I've heard people talk about it. I've said stuff like that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And that's almost – that's always a pipe dream. That's never like yeah. – that's not a 401K retirement. It's like here's a wild dream. Yeah. And it's never going to happen because I'm irresponsible and I can't do X, Y, and Z to make that you know dream a reality.
1: Yeah exactly he
0: gives off that energy Mm -hmm. but i like that they don't vilify him for it Mm -hmm. it's it's a movie about her understanding that person and thinking you know if i could go back maybe i would not maybe not communicate differently i don't think she was there's no point where like they have one kind of fight where she's like i'm not going to the room or whatever and she starts calling him out kind of on his Mm shit. but it's never like good and evil it's not that strongly voiced of a movie when it comes to that sort of thing.
1: No, they're really good at humanizing both characters. Yeah. And 20 your points earlier, I think that might be one of like the final phases of like adulthood as it relates to your parents is mm-hmm. you hit a point in like your mid twenties to mid thirties, somewhere in there where you realize your people were, your parents were just people yep. and they were mm-hmm. just doing the best they could.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I am. And I want to talk to people who have kids. It says to you after we watched it too, I want to see what their perspective would be on this. Cause I'm sure it's so different. Um, even having parents, I'm like, that's, yeah, I can appreciate this from from one level, but not nearly the same degree as I would if I had children that I was going through this with. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about the end really quickly. The movie ends essentially with the end of their vacation. He takes her to the airport and then he walks out basically back into the rave. hmm Which I thought, you know, I think that's an interesting take because it's basically, that was me thinking like, that's kind of the last they really spoke much. Yeah. Like I th- I think the, I got that vibe too. Yeah, her her growing at this point in her life was kind of not only her detaching from her father as a as a young needy child, but also maybe for good. Like she doesn't need whoever this guy is to her is not necessary for her anymore. Yeah. He's not giving her much. She's taking care of him mostly, which is also very sad from his perspective if you think of the way he feels, but but it's really her movie. Um yeah. and I think him going into the quote-unquote rave is is really symbolic of basically the way she thinks back on him. Like that's this little vault that mm-hmm. he is trapped inside eternally.
1: Yeah. To me, that kind of read as like, or viewed as the case be mm-hmm. as, uh, he was like unplugged or like, he basically like clocked into work mm-hmm. or responsibility mm-hmm. for this vacation. And so like, as soon as he said goodbye to her, sure, it was right back to, you know, it's a, all, yeah, it's a, a party rave. lifestyle. Yeah. It's yeah. not
0: a coincidence that it wasn't like, you know, an office like, no, it's a rave. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, it's a vibe. That's his vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. You got anything else in this? I feel like I'm pretty much. There. Did you feel like it was too long? No. Okay. No.
1: It, for a no. boring movie, it was didn't feel too long. And that was one thing that was nice.
0: We didn't say, but it's an hour and um 40 uh 40 minutes, 41 minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah hour right. forty-one. Um no, I think that's about right. You know, there's there's the one thing that this movie, not the one thing, but one of the things it does right majorly is its tonal consistency throughout part of the reason, like, let's say Avatar felt super long to me is there's so many different tones going on in that movie that three hours and nine minutes of Avatar feels so long. Yeah, And this is an hour 41, and it feels about that. You know, it's, it's, it understands what it's trying to do from start to finish. There's not a, an abrupt sequence where it's just like tons of jump cuts and random exposition. It, it's pretty much a slow burn from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So you settle into that, and by the end, it's like, okay, sure. This was a I my heart rate's been right the same way. I just – been right the same way. My heart rate has kind of consistently made it through the movie. My expectations, not my heart rate, I guess. Um, I was ready for the ride. It set me up for exactly what to expect and it executed that by the end. So no, I think I think that was felt exactly right. Didn't feel too
1: long. What right.
0: about you? No, didn't yeah. either. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me on After Sun. Um, we'd like to hear what you think if you saw it. There's um there's probably more to talk about, so please don't hesitate to reach out. But in the meantime, Johnny, my glass is empty and my mouth is thirsty, so let's get another huge beer in our cups. Johnny, Yo. let's get into this. What is beer number two and the can of worms that comes with it? Let's start Let's start with the basics, shall we?
1: Yeah, man. Okay. It's, it's called Cask. It's our second beer from Loch Gill Brewing out of Sligo, Ireland. It's a barrel-aged Imperial Irish coffee stout that's 12% alcohol. Uh, from the website, we read Barrel Age Series to 2021, number five, a collaboration with our friends over at Faith America Ales, a virtual brew on St. Patrick's Day 2021 with Kelsey Grammer. Wait, yeah, the, Ke- the Kelsey Grammer, the Kelsey Grammer. I hope we can talk more about that. I think we might. Uh, first, we first off, we brewed a coffee infused milk stout, then we aged this in fresh Irish whiskey barrels. The result is an amazing Irish coffee. Stop.
0: Okay, let's talk can again. Same thematic design as the first one. It's an all black can with this time a golden copper uh, barrel aged, not a barrelage, a barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much all of note except for the second um, title at the top here it says Faith American. That's the brewery, um, and that's pretty much all we need. Oh, except for one more thing. This is brewed with uh, the original beer was Soma Coffee Company. Don't know where that is. Probably Ireland. Okay. Let's talk about it. You tasted it. I did. I took my pills. I took. T- tasted it. Your lactose intolerance pills? That's right. Great. How does it taste? Does it taste like an Irish coffee stout? Or an Irish coffee, sorry, um, general. Yeah.
1: Yeah? I'm getting big Irish coffee. Are you a I, I like it. It's... Yeah. First... Of, of... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. The first thing I thought of was this beer tastes kind of plain.
0: Okay, now are we going to say plain or are we going to say subtle like we did when we praised it in the first one? The
1: sweetness really comes on the end... There's a lot less barrel on this guy. I'm picking up a lot less whiskey. Uh, there's like a chocolatey, like sugary sweetness on the back end. Um, lot less complexity
0: in this one. It's a lot sweeter. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less barrel. You're right. I wouldn't call it plain. Um, I also wouldn't call it subtle. There's a lot more roastiness yeah. for sure. Like coffee, coffee. It's thinner, noticeably. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of carbonation. It sits a little heavy on the tongue compared to the last one. Certainly not as refreshing, which is, again, a weird thing to say about a stout, but mm-hmm. here we are. Do you like it?
1: I don't like it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Do you hate it? No, no. But I don't love it. Yeah, okay. D- do do you, do you dislike it? No, I think it's fine.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. if there was a beer next to a number in the dictionary and that number was 6.5, this would be that beer. Okay. It's just slightly above average. It's a solid milk stout. You get a, t- like a tiny bit of whiskey barrel. A lot of sweetness. It's like if you had a whiskey coffee, but it wasn't a black sugar, like black, no like, sugar coffee. This is like a if you took a shot of whiskey and put mm-hmm. it in like a macchiato.
0: I would say it's like a shot of Irish whiskey into a black cup of coffee that has been creamed and sweetened with the tabletop. Ah, yes. Wait, no, not the tabletop ones. You know, they're like there's yellow they're not yellow. There's orange ones, there's blue ones, there's like the blue ones like a French vanilla coffee creamer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind delight for some reason yeah. is coming to International mind. delight. Those. There's an and here's what it is there's an artificiality to the sweetness that reminds me of whatever they use in those uh creamers. That makes sense. Which I don't mind. Time and place, probably.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the time and place is in the morning at a hotel that doesn't have good coffee, but, you know, technically still a time and a place. Yeah. Um, to clarify, you are saying 6.5 on this. You already made up your mind on yep. that? Okay. I would also say that's more than slightly above average. I think once you get into the sixes, you're you you're above average. Yeah. Anything like, f- you know, four to six in between those is slightly above, slightly below. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, I'm hearing decently above average. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, God, I don't, go ahead. It's so thin. It's, is it? It is. Let's talk, let's talk in the glass. So I'm going to give a nice little swirl here. Um, there's, there's, I wonder if there's any sediment in this thing. Cause there's some little bit around the sides of the glasses, but it's not lingering in the way like a sugary beer might leave some legs behind. No. It's kind of just washing down the sides. Yeah. Yeah, it looks, it's, yeah, it's not a thick looking beer. I agree. It's not super thick tasting. It's really sweet. Almost almost irish car bomby sweet, which mm-hmm. i don't know if we're supposed to say anymore but i'm saying it i think i don't know yeah if that's you don't think you're supposed or, to say that what are you supposed to say now i, I also them. sound like one of those guys like, what are we supposed to yeah. say then if we can't say this but it's not uh, my style, i'm pretty but. sure they just call them drop shots now they're not called car bombs because no. that feels less racist <laughs> you know <laughs> i also don't know the history of that is it like an ira thing yeah all right well I, I don't drink those, I think, is why I'm not in the know. That's fair. So I think the people that do drink those don't care about the nomenclature. That's like, just what I drink. I don't care what you call it. That is very accurate. Yeah, it's just – it's it's very
1: underwhelming for me. It leaves a lot to be desired. I think 6.5 might be a little high.
0: Well, see, that's what I was trying to get at. Mm-hmm. I don't think you I don't think you think it's that far above average. No. It's – I like the roastiness. I think there's a really great, toasty, warm, wintery quality there. It's really nice. The sweetness is a lot. Mm-hmm. The upshot for me is that it's not nearly as evocative of those traditional Irish whiskey flavors. See, and that's why I like it mm-hmm. less. So yeah. I like it a little more than the first one. I'm losing a point. It's a 5.5. Okay, that's more like it. Okay, I'm going to put that for you. 5.5. Um, I, You know, I kind of dig it, man. I think it's, it's, it's above average for me. Yeah? I think for me it's closer to a 6. Okay. Yeah, I think it's above average. Not into the realm of good for me yet. And I think the other thing that might be worth noting is that this beer – Compared to the object, compared to the objective, well-made qualities of the first, this is a less well-made beer. Mm-hmm. I do like it more. Okay, but that's a distinction that each person can differ for the uh, personal pref. Yeah, his or her own self. Yeah. Um, briefly, I don't actually care. But Faith American Ales. Yeah, you said Kelsey Grammar. Yeah, man, it's from Fraser. From Fraser. That's I, something we hadn't heard of, so we looked it up. Uh, Faith American Ales in America. It's in New York. Um, apparently just a brewery, as far as we can tell, started by Kelsey Grammer. Um, we didn't check the date on that, but it doesn't seem very old. Um, I'm going to see if I can find it really quickly, but, uh, I've never heard of this brewery. Neither have you. We need to look into trying to get some of their beers. Their website, I'd say medium helpful. Can you try to see if you can pull up beers on their website?
1: Uh, brands. Let's see. Yeah. It was a pretty crummy website.
0: I don't like it. It looks like a, it looks like a government or like a nonprofit website. Yeah. It's very strange.
1: Um, So yeah, we've got uh, an ale, an IPA, one that just says blue. Okay. It's a New England style IPA. And that's, that's it.
0: I want to try one. I want to try one just to see. Yeah. Cause it's such a weird, by the way, if you couldn't pick up on the name, I didn't for some reason. Like it's a, it's like a, it's a, how does what's hard to say this? It's a brewery built on the foundation of the ideas of, I guess, faith, well, faith in God. Yeah, I was gonna say it's called Faith American. So you connect the dots totally. Um, Kelsey Grammer is a bit of a confusing figure. His Wikipedia page is very strange. There's lots about his acting, of course, and then there's some stuff about his politics and um, a history of of a tragedy with his sister. There's a lot of stuff, and I didn't even know the name Kelsey Grammer uh, up until this. Um, I'd never seen Frazier for, I still haven't. It's a good the show. last 10 minutes. Um, but a very, you know, there's a lot of rich history with this guy and nothing on his Wikipedia page mentions this brewery, which I find to be interesting because it seems like it would be here. You would think, unless he's already trying to distance himself. I don't know. Right. One thing that you pointed out as I was reading this to you is that he, you know, sort of, if you know him famously in the eighties, had some issues with, um, Drugs and alcohol? Drugs and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> um, then sort of found God and, you know, whatever. And now has started a brewery. Yeah. Or like maybe he's the patron saint of the brewery or like sort of like a, like a blind investor. That's not the right term. But he's not it?
1: blind. He's like quoted on the, the What's, front page. I'm thinking of a different term. Silent investor. Silent investor. Yeah, yeah. but I
0: care not true because, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, very not silent. Very so, on the homepage. I don't know.
0: I don't really care, but I want to try it. And I more want to know what inspired our brewery of the day here to want to make a beer with with this brewery
1: well they're imported by a company in new york and but new york has so many breweries i'm just saying maybe that importer had a relationship with this brewery and kind of connected the dots
0: okay. who knows is fraser big in ireland because that would make sense i don't know if you're if you're listening in ireland what are your thoughts on kelsey grammar totally that would be so helpful to know please let us know that would be great Oh my God, what if somebody from Ireland answers? I'm, that wouldn't be angry. that crazy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, no, that'd be great. Please, 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 if if Kelsey Grammer is sort of like a huge celebrity today in, in any part of Ireland, just like
1: posters of him
0: as Beast in X Men uh, everywhere. Was that what? That was Kelsey Grammer. What has this guy done, dude? I'm just going to, can you, I have his filmography here. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. Do it. Um, film and television, his career. This is not the right tab. His Wikipedia page is extremely thorough except for, you know, missing the brewery. But, oh my lord. Yeah. Pretty pretty prolific guy. Yeah, he was an X-Men. His last movie was called Jesus Revolution. Sick. The one before that was Father Christmas is Back. Okay. The one before that was Charming the Hearts of Men. Whoa. He played a congressman in that. Mm. Um, I haven't seen most of these. He was in Neighbors 2. He was in Entourage. He was in The Expendables 3, Transformers, Age of Extinction. A lot of yeah, and he was yeah in Days of Future Past. He was Hank McCoy. What a what a trip! Mm-hmm. He's been in a lot of movies, man.
1: Yeah, he's he's been working for a long time. Like a lot of them. Uh, and he was obviously most known for for Frasier, maybe but that kind of springboarded his career.
0: You know, he was Stinky Pete in Toy Story Two. No kidding. Yes, so uh, wow, he was in you know the classic The Pentagon Wars. <laughs> yeah, the real Howard Spitz. Those are both '98 joints. Down Periscope 96, Runaway Brain in 95. Uh, The
1: 2003 Barbie Swan
0: Lake. Oh, sure. You know, speaking of uh, Runaway Brain, he was also, this is not speaking of, but on his Wikipedia page, he was like an outspoken person about Brexit. I can't remember which side he was on, but Hmm. very active guy in the community, in all the communities.
1: He's got opinions. He does. And he owns a brewery. It
0: was a weird tangent.
1: Yeah. Didn't think Kelsey Grammer was going to come up in this podcast.
0: I didn't think I'd be introduced to a new American hero. But here we are. He's not G.I. Joe. Calm <laughs> down. I'm sure he's played G.I. Joe. He probably has. Let me find it. I'm sure. Yeah. Small he soldiers. He was in Expendables 3. Like, you know.
1: he was. He's always in those movies. He's always like the guy in the suit calling the shots from like a control room.
0: Oh, he was in like Father. This is so dumb. But, you know, like a year ago, I watched this movie with my family in Modesto. Terrible movie. 2018 starring him, I guess, and Kristen Bell. Okay. Distanced father. They he like comes out of the blue he's like I want to reconnect with you. They go on a cruise because they get drunk and then they go to a cruise because she had tickets to the cruise and he like taxis her onto the ship and then they spend like a few days reconnecting. It's a really bad movie. He was bad in it. Okay, I don't like his acting. That's the only thing I've seen him in. So done and, and Days of Future Past. Kelsey Grammer, you're dead to this podcast. Unless your brewery wants to send us beers, then please
1: it says online they're only available in New York and New Jersey, but we'll see. Okay. Well, fine. I don't care. Then keep your stupid beers. Honestly, I don't want your American faith anyway. Yeah. Okay. Let's get
0: to Hot and Bothered. Hot and Bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered, the portion of the show where we talk about what has a super, super jazzed or less jazzed. Johnny Summers, give me – I don't have your list in front of me. Do you have a Bothered this week?
1: No, I have too much hot to talk about. All right. Give me a movie review, Johnny Summers all right so i watched the 2022 pinocchio film directed by guillermo del toro netflix exclusive i believe but if very exclusive if you have netflix
0: i don't know if it's exclusive so much as released on netflix i wonder if it's rentable somewhere else i'll find out
1: yeah but anyways i watched it there i liked it quite a bit it was surprisingly good it's all a stop motion animation it's kind of a classic tale that was told through the lens of someone, you know, like Guillermo del Toro. Uh-huh. So, uh, stop motion animation, very intriguing plot. I think they, they changed up some stuff from like the traditional Pinocchio
0: story. What, and the traditional, because I haven't seen it in years, but Pinocchio is a puppet. Mm-hmm. He's a marionette style wooden puppet mm-hmm. that is carved by Geppetto mm-hmm. who comes to life. Is is really good at lying, mm-hmm. except for the fact that when he does so, his nose gets longer. Yep. And he wants to be a real boy. Mm-hmm. That's the lie. He's like, I'm not a, I'm not Wood, I'm real. Yeah. Boy yoing. Exactly. Is you know. Mm-hmm. And then um a lot of a fun spin off for that movie. Uh that's the movie. And then I can't remember how it ends. Yeah. Nobody can. Is Del Toro's version darker? Yes. In what ways? Can you tell so, me without spoiling
1: it? Uh Geppetto, the the carpenter. I don't remember if his name was Geppetto in this. It better be. I think it is. Uh, it has to be, right? Um, so it's set in like World War, like early World War II, like Italy, and um, there's stop motion fascists in this. Okay. And so basically, um, it's the whole like first ten minutes of this movie is all about Geppetto and his son, a, an actual living human oh, son okay. yeah, yeah. named Carlo. I want to say sure and. Um, About 10 minutes in, they're working on this giant wooden crucifix in a church. And the church gets bombed by Nazis. Okay, good start. And his son dies. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is immediately like dark and tragic. Super weird stakes. I wasn't expecting this. Uh, And so in kind of like a rage, like he kind of throws together this, this thing Okay. You know, to kind of be a substitute. And, it's, and there's a whole spirit of the woods that comes to life. And okay. It, it's dark. It's an intriguing plot. There's there's fascists that are like uh, benevolent. Like I think I want to say it's like a Mussolini type character. Okay. That's in this. Um, there's a, a runaway circus puppet show, freak show. It's, it's dark. It's twisted. But it's also... At its core kind of shares some of those same like values and ideals of like a a traditional Disney movie just with a much darker exterior.
0: Okay. Give me some more facts. I'd like to know how long it is. Um, And then obviously, you know, is it like a – is it – I want to – really what I want to know is the differences between the original, but I know we can't really off the cuff. It was like a tight 90. Okay um i'm gonna need to know if you recommend me watch it or anybody and then i'm gonna need to know your rating uh out of 10 or however you'd like to give me a rating
1: yeah i would definitely recommend it i enjoyed it quite a bit it was actually an hour and
0: 54 minutes long oh a little lengthy
1: yeah all right it was uh, also shout out to ewan mcgregor who was the talking cricket
0: oh uh i don't know if he had a name in this one but
1: jiminy jiminy traditionally jiminy Gritty, yeah. yeah and then uh, you know finn wolfhard was a voice actor in this okay. from stranger things sure. ron perlman tilda swinton Lots of good voice acting in this. Wow,
0: that is also yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely recommend. I'd give it an eight point one.
0: That's a super high rating. I really like and it. And you've logged this in your letterbox. Yep. Awesome. Okay, then I will just check your history to go remember what I should watch. Do it. Okay. Um. Let's see. You How want me we want to do to another this? one? Yeah. And why then... don't you Why don't you give me your other movie of the week? All right. Well. I
1: just watched a movie that was highly recommended to me by friend of the show and patron, Chris Gomez. Oh, nice. Uh, We got, oh yeah. We got drunk one time and talked about Crimes of the Future and body horror and David Cronenberg and I recommended him Possessor, which we did earlier this year or last year. Last year. One of these years. Yeah. We've, we've covered that on the show. Really love that as a a body horror type movie. Very inspired by Cronenberg. Uh,
0: Directed by his son, Brandon Cronenberg. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yep. Makes sense. So, I watched Crimes of the Future starring one Vigo Mortensen.
0: Legend. Legend. And uh, Leah Seydoux?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and what I stumbled upon by this recommendation, which is now streaming on Hulu, by the way. That's great. Thank highly you. Highly recommend. Yeah, yeah. Was I think a movie that vaulted itself pretty quickly into my top 10 of the year. Great. Uh, it was eerie in its world building in this dystopian future reality that's created where people are growing extra organs. And basically it's about like the next steps in a theoretical human evolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vigo Mortensen is a, is a performance artist. Right. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I would love for people to go in as blind as possible to this movie because that's what I did. I pretty much just click play. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an intoxicating disturbing world that is created with some some wild rules and some crazy things that are happening um very entertaining though really really liked it it was so original that's one thing i love about cronenberg movies is they're all they have such original premises yeah they're just so out there and i think this is kind of you know maybe peak cronenberg just with technology and special effects and having a stable of actors and actresses that he's worked with for so long to just put together a cast that is lights out, uh, highly recommend. I'm actually going to give it a 9.2.
0: All right, man. That's a great rating. I liked
1: it a lot. I already told you before we started recording, I'll watch it again with you.
0: Uh, Yeah. Cause 'cause, it's one of those that went to the pageant Mm -hmm. and, well, specifically in that scenario, I was like, hey, you go see this. Yeah. Because it does seem more like up your alley. Oh, it's such a Johnny movie. And I was like, if you if you think, not just if you like it, but if you think it has, you know, the merits of having a good discussion or that I, I might appreciate it, then I'll see it with you. But And for whatever reason, you couldn't make it happen that week. So I'm glad you got to catch up with it. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, you seeing this has put you on a bit of a wild goose chase for Cronenberg films. Am yeah, right?
1: man. I, actually, I never make New Year's resolutions, but I'm like, this year – I'm gonna watch all of David Cronenberg's movies,
0: which is is no small undertaking, right? He's
1: 41 feature, 41. I think a lot of them are is shorts, that right? A lot of them are shorts. He's got probably 12 or 13 that are like four minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, and those are a lot harder to get a hold of. <sighs> oh, I'm sure. Um, but he's got it. I would want to say a solid like 28 to 30 ish feature length movies out there.
0: Yeah. I think Cronenberg is one of those, because you and I were talking about this, some of his movies are obviously him, like like the body horror stuff, Mm -hmm. and some are not, like you have something, what was the one you said? Oh, Uh, Fast
1: Company. Right. It was about a drag racing team.
0: Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. If you don't know the name, so he did Crimes of the Future, obviously. In 2012, he did Cosmopolis, which was a film with Robert Pattinson that mostly takes place in, like, it's either a town car or a limo or something. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Really, really want to. You should watch that one with me. That'd okay. Fun. Robert Pattinson has said that. I think he might have said it's his favorite movie he's ever done. No shit. Yeah. That's but, dope. But like you pointed out earlier, Johnny, before we started, he also did uh, History of Violence, Eastern Promises. Um, he did the 96 film Crash. He did The Fly, which is, I think, one of his first – um, big hits into body horror. He did Scanners, Videodrome, also both um, pretty body, body horror-focused mm-hmm. movies. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, or rather if Wikipedia is not mistaken, there was a film called Crimes of the Future in 1970 that he also directed. And this was a sh- – uh, No, it was yeah. a future link. It was Looking forward for sure. to getting to that one. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear – we can maybe do a Patreon bonus episode on the similarities and differences on those two films. Yeah, that'd be rad. I'd be really interested to discuss the – uh, impact that the uh, the advancement of technology has had, particularly with body horror stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> great. Okay, great, man.
1: Yeah, and uh, I've watched like six of his movies in the last week. Awesome. What are the other ones? So I watched uh, Shivers. Mm. I watched The Brood. I watched Fast Company. I watched Scanners. Yep. That's five if you count this one. Shivers. Shivers. Oh, and Rabid. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, which was about a new strain of uh, fatal rabies. Sure. That was spread
0: by human-to-human contact. Love it. It was sick. It was right. gnarly. It sounds so disgusting. Yeah. yeah, it was revolting. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, all right, I got a couple things. Um, number one, it is early January. Last year this time, Johnny, we were talking about doing Dry January. We were mm-hmm. both in the throes of it. It was uh, something we both enjoyed. But then sure enough, when February and March came around, we were back to our old ways and I don't know about you, but throughout last year there were times where I was drinking too much or convinced myself I was drinking too much, then stopped drinking, and I would go in this very steep and you know you were some peaks and valleys totally roller coaster of drinking habits. So a few weeks ago, I downloaded an app called A Reframe, which is essentially an app to help one remain accountable to oneself about one's drinking goals. It's equal parts uh drink diary tracker, um, informative about the effects of alcohol on the human body um, and inspiration and also chat forum with other people that are attempting to change their relationship with alcohol. But that's a popular app this time of year. Millions of people over the course of the years it's been out have used it. Um, And it's the cool thing is that it's everything from, from somebody like me who's like, well, you know, maybe I want to keep myself accountable for the amount of drinks I have in a week and, and develop some consistency with that to people who are full fledged recovering alcoholics that are trying to get sober. And there's all sorts of community members that talk about stuff. It's really wonderful. Um, And I've liked setting goals. I love lists. So setting a goal for myself and then checking that list and be like, oh, yeah, I've done this, I've done this. It's really awesome. So if you're like me and you feel like you know, dry January is more of like, like to some extent, if you're a regular drinker, you can probably go a few weeks without. And if you don't like the idea of falling back into your regular habits, this has been working really well for me. So I want to shout that out as a recommendation. After the one week trial, it's like 15 bucks a month. So it also holds you accountable financially. Yeah. But I think worthwhile. That's Reframe. It's an app.
1: Dude, I told you I'm going to download it. I'm going to get the fucking high score. You're going to win. I'm yeah. going to get the high score.
0: Unfortunately, it is like golf where you want to be lower in score, but you can you can play. Um, very lastly, I've got something coming out this Monday, uh, January 9th. I it on a podcast called Blockbusting with Jay Light. Jay is a person I met up at a convention in Spokane back in November. And he has a podcast about movies where the entire premise is that he has guests on to talk about movies that they hate. Oh, I want to be on that. Now, I sent his producer some movie ideas, and all of my ideas were movies that I really, truly hate more than the movie we ended up covering. And what we ended up talking about was Avatar The Way of Water, which I dislike quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But it was the most current movie that I think is a hateable – I think Avatar is a bad movie. I think it's damaging the cinematic world that we live in. I think it's (laughs) bad for us. So I spent an hour talking with Jay about that. It was a really fun conversation. Um, We haven't talked about this, Johnny, but I'd like to put it in our main feed just to kind of link our podcasts um, and give people another take of me being spicy about Avatar. That's fun. Um, So if you want to check it out, it's, uh, again, Blockbusting with Jay Light. Uh, It's a really good podcast. Jay is um, by trade a comedian, very funny guy, uh, and most of his guests. I've heard maybe seven or eight episodes of that show. Always good conversations, and there's something so – sincere and true about bonding with like listening to people talking about something you also hate yeah so scroll down his list of episodes find a movie you hate and tune in for a good time
1: it's great. man i might that sounds like a better podcast than ours yeah it's, no it it's doesn't. worth checking it out yeah. yeah that sounds like a podcast i would like to be on it's yeah i'm him. really good at talking shit on things
0: well fucking audition man go to a convention in spokane not gonna audition um you've got one more thing right you got one more book that you finished i do and it's your fault of course it is. Yeah. you It's not the right way to phrase that, but
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. It's your fault I'm reading books. You consider it bastard. Go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the second book that I've consumed from uh, author Jay Kristoff is Nevernight. It is the first book in a trilogy that he has written. It mm-hmm. is all out. He wrote them in the past. They're all out now. Unlike... <laughs>
0: Sure. Well, unlike books of the future. Well, no, unlike
1: uh, Empire of the Vampire, where we have book one with waiting for book two to be released. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. The whole trilogy has been written and is released. These are past works. Uh, But I really like this author and I really like his books. They have made me continue on with a uh, Audible premium membership to the point where I'm like, I need another credit
0: and I have to wait like a week now. Yeah. Can't do it. I don't mean um, to tell you this now. I have about five credits. Oh, that's rude. I'll sell you one at a discounted rate. I don't think you can transfer them like yes, that. Yes, you can. You can gift your credits. Of course you can. Really? Yeah, that's man. That's cool. I've had that for like 10 years. That's, I know the ins and outs. That's baby.
1: wild. Give hook me <laughs> up. Let me get some of that. Uh, you should check out that book. I think I recommended it to you for some travels that you got coming up. Yeah. Um If you've followed along and read Empire of the Vampire, you will notice that he hits on some some, he checks some boxes in his writing style. I was concerned in the first half of this book that it was going to be overly formulaic. And, you know, did he just write this as a precursor to a much better book in Empire of the Vampire, but halfway through the book and then particularly the last 25% of it were staggeringly unique. There's a whole new world. He's really good at world building and setting up fantasy environments with rules and the lore of a place and a world and a time and, uh, it's just captivating writing and it's massively entertaining and it's identifiable and it's not too wordy. You don't get any, you know, hour-long descriptions of a of, rug. of a valley okay. or, yeah, leaves or a rug, anything.
0: I love that shit.
1: I don't. I, I hate know. it. Uh, it's tedious to listen to on audiobooks and it puts me to sleep if I have it hardcover. Mm. I, I speed read through a lot of yeah. that stuff because, like, I have an imagination. Um, but yeah, the first book of that trilogy was called Nevernight. And the Isn't se- the
0: series the Nevernight Chronicles? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's because it's about a world where there's uh three suns and all three of them never set. So it's just slightly less bright at some time.
0: If all those suns burned out, you know what the fourth book would be called? The never after sun. After
1: sun. Oh, hey.
0: I love it. Um I was
1: just trying to think about the lore. You can believe yeah. with reality. I was <laughs> trying to make a pun. Yeah, that was a good pun. I like it. Uh, yeah, the sun's all set like once every three or four years or something and then crazy shit happens it's okay yeah so it's it should be called like
0: almost never night right Well, every now and again but that's what they call the nights they call the night never night yeah oh because it comes around like once never yeah good never night okay
1: yeah okay you get it i get it uh it's rad though it's all about a woman a young woman in her middle teens that is uh yeah i'm not giving away too much It's all in the preview. She's an assassin. Uh, She goes to a school to become an assassin. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Compelling stuff to avenge her family.
0: Oh, what happened to her family? You got to read the book and find out. They were assassinated. I I bet they were. By the people in the school. I bet you it's an inside job. No,
1: it's the Republic, man. Oh, okay. Her dad was an insurrectionist trying to overthrow an evil
0: republic. All right. It's good stuff. Nevernight. Nevernight. Audible. Yep. Great. Hey, one more thing. There's a movie called Mile 22 that came out in 2018. Do you know this movie? Can you can you physically Google it? Are you able to Google it? Yeah, my internet's not working on my computer. That's weird. So I guess I'll just close that. All right, mile, mile twenty-two. So I'm going off the cuff here. It's a Mark Wahlberg film directed by someone you'll tell me, and it came out twenty eighteen. And it's I put it on as a background action movie.
1: Peter Berg directed. Peter that.
0: Berg. What else has he done? I imagine more movies like that because there's no way he came from like art house cinema and did this movie. But it's Mark Wahlberg as the head of this like last resort like black ops team that no one in the government, the American government knows about. And they carry out missions to protect national security, that kind of thing.
1: Well, he directed, uh, the rundown.
0: I love the rundown, the rock and, um, guy with the big mouth. Um, yeah, whatever his name is. Big mouth. What is that guy's name? I don't know. I don't either. I actually do know. It's somewhere in my brain. But but mile twenty two. So they're this team of of they're not quite assassins. They're like mercenaries, I guess, but they're government contracted mercenaries. Highly skilled, highly specialized. Mm-hmm. And there's there's an international threat that they have to they have to smuggle this kid out of um out of his out of his country before the government becomes so corrupt and, and kill him because he has the secret code to something that's gonna cause some problems. It's great. And the only reason I bring this up. Um, in addition to enjoying it, is that Mark Wahlberg's taken a turn in his films lately? He did a movie this year called Father Stew, yeah, which I didn't see. No interest. But it's all about a sort of reformed, I think, drug addict who loses his son and then becomes a priest. Mm-hmm. And Mark Wahlberg has been pissing me off. He'll show up in commercials for that movie, or like just for his workout routines. I guess Father Stew. He'll be like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. He'll be like this, you know. Hey, this is what I do every morning. I get up at five a.m. I go to the gym and then I say my prayer beads. And he just keeps showing up on all of my stuff, and it's like, what happened to Mark Wahlberg from The Departed? And like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, jab the guy for his 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 journey of faith or anything, but it does seem annoying. The way he's, I do preaching your journey
1: it, of faith, fucking annoying.
0: It's, it's, I just want, and so I found this movie, and I was like, oh my, like this is the, this is peak, like this must have been right before he found God or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, he's always been religious, but it's gotten more uh, outspoken. And this movie is, he's like the biggest douchebag, but like his character's like, hey, you know, he might be, he's, he's like, he's the kind of guy that'll punch you in the face, but shoot another person who tries to stab you in the back. <clears throat> I don't know his name. The brilliance is that it was set up for another movie. Like it ends. Spoilers for this movie. cliffhanger cliffhangery so bad cuz the guy they've been fighting to protect, they finally get him on their side and like he's helping them and they finally try to trust him, he betrays them. And and there's a shot of John Malkovich who right before he gets killed. Who well, of course is in this movie. It's great. He he looks at the camera and he goes he he goes, "Oh my god, he wasn't a double agent. He was a triple agent." <laughs> 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 his whole team gets killed and then and then dude you sort of like the the dude who was the triple agent is like smiling and like riding away into the sunset on a plane um and then it's a boom mile 22 and it's like so clearly set up for another movie and it's just never gonna happen like, never gonna it's not gonna, gonna get made because it wasn't a very good movie but i loved it it was so fun to watch hmm. there's also really intense combat scenes like pretty brutal uh but I could, I could get Ronda Rousey is in this movie. Yeah. For no reason. Just because she wanted to. Yeah. It's one of those. It's great. It's on Netflix. Check it out if you're looking for something to not care about when you watch. But it's like a fun, it's fun. It's like a fun background action movie. Throw it on while you're doing laundry. I like that. Love that. That was my last thing. Sweet. Let's get out of here. Okay. As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi. Thanks to everybody on Patreon. Big shout out to the handlebar with a sick ass happy hour check out the top of the show if you need those details my name is max minardi
1: my name is johnny summers watch some good movies drink some good beer but most importantly be good to each other we'll see you next week and congratulations to our contest winners this is fresh hop cinema